Hey guys, and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you for joining your hosts, Tierra and Jack, for what is now episode number 17 of the Road to 2021 series. So before we get stuck into our past week, we just wanted to remind you guys that if you do enjoy these episodes, please remember to repost them onto your Instagram stories, leave a review on any of your podcast apps. Also, if you are interested in checking out our coaching services, you can head over to our website, www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com. You can just Google that or find the link in any of our Instagram bios. So essentially, we offer a range of services like dietetic consults, week-to-week coaching, not just for physique athletes, but for everyone really, regardless of your health and fitness goals. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jack and I love helping anyone who just wants to enrich their lives through health and fitness. So, you know, if that sounds like something that might appeal to you, please don't hesitate to inquire. But uh, yeah, you know, episode 17, Jack. Wow, I can't believe we're up to 17 of these. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, over four months. Crazy. So I'll let you kick it off this week with uh, your past week. Yeah, to be honest, this past week has been really good. It's actually been much better than the week prior. If you guys did tune into the uh, episode 16, you would remember that for about half of that week, I was just, you know, having quite a few days where I just felt incredibly anxious and that just wasn't very pleasant, you know, just uh, my mental state, you know, just how that influenced my training performance. Like it wasn't exactly the best week, but uh, this past week has been phenomenal, really turned it around and there's no particular reason for it. Like I said, you know, sometimes these feelings just come out of the blue, you know, they just come out of nowhere and you just have to roll with them and you just have to wait for them to subside because Some days you might just have days where you just feel overwhelmingly anxious or overwhelmingly sad or tired or whatever. And you can be like, man, why am I feeling like this, right? Like everything in life is going so well. Why am I not feeling my absolute best? Why am I not feeling like myself? And sometimes, honestly, there just isn't a reason behind it. And you just gotta, you know, ride out that wave and wait for it to pass. And uh, yeah, this past week has been much, much better. So been on just a real high with life. You know, it's been a really good week of just energy levels, mood state, work has been really good. Training was freaking awesome this past week. So finally, you know, I hit a lot of the top of the rep ranges for a lot of lifts that I've been working on for quite a number of months now. So finally for my bench, I got three by 10 at 50 kilograms at World's Gym Brisbane, which is freaking awesome. So this next coming week, finally, I can add that little 1.25 kilograms to each side of the bar and move up to uh, 52.5 kilograms. And I'll be benching on Thursday. So hopefully going for sets of eight there. And then again, work myself up to 10 over the next coming weeks. So yeah, I was absolutely ecstatic to finally hit that. Like what a milestone. And, uh, you know, other lifts as well. So for example, my seated OHP finally got three by 10 at 35 kilograms. So today I'm doing seated OHP again, and I'm going to be going up for 37.5. And again, hopefully trying to get sets of eight there, which should be good. And, uh, just other lifts, you know, Bulgarian split squats, uh, barbell hip thrusts, everything just this past week, I really found that I was like, man, finally hit the top of the rep range. So can keep moving up. So I'm just absolutely ecstatic in that sense. And yeah, training's just going really well right now. I just, I've spoken about this before, but I feel like I just have a really good relationship with training right now. And I actually have made a few little uh, changes this past week, you know, just in terms of the amount of volume that I'm doing. So I've pretty much kept my 
it's like programmed the exact same in terms of exercise selection. But in the past, the past few weeks, we're now moving in what, Jack, to week seven of this mesocycle? Yeah. yeah, so I've now done six full weeks of full body training five days per week. So now moving into the seventh week. And for most of those exercises, I have been doing three sets, but there certainly are some that I do usually do four sets for. So things like my leg press, you know, things like, um, like seated OHP from my bench, a few other movements I've been doing four sets. But what I've honestly like realized is that I really don't need to be doing that fourth set. You know, if I'm training every single muscle group five days per week, like, and I'm usually doing one to two exercises per muscle group per session, like, why do I need to be doing a fourth set? You know, I feel like for me right now, that, that third set, that's really the sweet spot. So for example, let's say that you were like doing a barbell hip thrust, right? I feel like for like the first two to three sets, that's when I really feel it. I get that amazing mind muscle connection or something like a lat pull down, right? I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, but then when you move into your fourth set, like even if you can complete the reps and you can complete the full set, it just feels different. Do you find that Jack? I know you're not really doing four sets for anything right now, but in the past, have you felt that when you do an extra set, you don't quite get that same connection. It's kind of just like that extra volume. Yeah. It's junk volume. Yeah. For me, especially with exercises such as squats or RDLs, if I tried to do four sets, like it would either, I would either have to reduce the weight or it would just mm-hmm. dramatically increase my risk of injury. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's still just me coming off the back end of my prep. Well, not even the back end anymore. You know, it's been about five, five months now, so I can't necessarily say that, but prep was quite recently at least. But, uh, yeah, you know, during prep, like in order to maintain my strength, right? Like I had plateaued at at certain strength levels, but I was doing four or five sets for most exercises, which worked well at the time, but now moving and transitioning to my improvement season, I've really had to lower that down. But even, I would even argue that if your strength is plateaued, you don't need to increase sets. Because mm-hmm. like, if you're maintaining strength compared to when you were six kilos heavier, you're stronger in relation yeah. to body weight. But, and you know, during prep, I was just increasing set volume just for a bit of extra energy expenditure as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I, I enjoyed that. But yeah, definitely transitioning out of that. But now, pretty much, I've just made the change. Even though it's mid-mesocycle, like, honestly... I'm a big advocate that if you recognize that something isn't working or that something needs to be changed, like, man, just change it. Like, honestly, if, if even if you're six weeks into a mesocycle, if you're like, no, do you, perhaps actually this might be more optimal in terms of my recovery, in terms of my progression. Like, even though you're committed to the mesocycle itself, you don't have to be like, oh no, but I made the decision, you know, at the beginning of the mesocycle that I'm going to do four sets for my seated OHP and my bench, you know, and like, I've been doing that for the past few weeks, so I can't change it now, right? Like, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. And again, I'm still very new to this full body split. So I'm still trying to figure things out. I'm still trying to tweak little things and tinker around. So even though I've done six weeks, I still think that moving forward, it'll still be optimal for my progression to uh, just bring it down to three sets. Cause I really just, right now I don't feel like I need to do four sets. And similar to you, Jack, you know how you brought your things from three down to two sets. I feel like this is really gonna help me progress more with my strength as well in these movements. So um, should yeah. be good. 
I think it's the first step of many for you to, yes. to lower volume. <laughs> yeah, I have many, many steps ahead. But hey, one at a time. But no, this past week of training has been awesome. And uh, yeah, moving forward should be good. And now bringing down things to three sets, like my bench down to three sets, OHP down to three sets, because I'm not fighting for those final reps on that fourth set anymore. I certainly will be able to progress with strength at a slightly faster rate, which mm. is exciting too. It'd be cool to uh, have, you know, 40 kilograms on the bar doing seated OHP. That would yeah. be pretty awesome. I've done that once in my life. That was for standing OHP though. And I only got one set of three. So to be able to get like in the coming months, like sets of eight with 40 that kilograms. That was more of a push press yeah, or I a did. jump squat. <laughs> it wasn't a freaking <laughs> jump squat. My knees were pretty damn straight. No, but that's impressive, man. But anyway, I'd like to do that seated, very strict for like sets of eight. That'd be cool. And bench, man, I am going to get 20 kilograms per side. I will... Maybe not for sets of eight, but I will get it for at least one rep, a 60 kilogram bench. You could That'd do be a 60 cool. kilo right now. Uh, I don't know. I who, don't know. Who cares? It's one rep. You want to do it for eight. Yeah. One rep doesn't matter. I know, but still, I just, I, I, it would again be a milestone to be able to bench 60 kilograms. That mm. would be freaking awesome. Yeah, I will get it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, eight reps, I think, not one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, training's good. And what's actually pretty exciting is that the finally, I feel like for the first time, literally ever since prep, my body weight has finally started to slow down its rate of gain. Like it's finally started to stabilize, which is really nice. Cause for the past three weeks, on average, I've pretty much weighed the same. Like three weeks ago, it was 66.4. And the past two weeks, it's been 66.5 kilograms. And again, this morning I weighed 66.5. So the past few weeks, it's finally started to normalize and stabilize. And I'm really happy with that because I just want it to stabilize for a few weeks. You know, I just feel like I don't necessarily need to keep gaining at such a rate. So yeah. That's really good. And uh, other than that, it's just been a good week. I actually recorded a podcast uh, with Robin, who's the host of the Secret Life of the Bikini Competitor podcast. And that should be coming out next week. That was super fun. Again, it's always just, you know, such a pleasure to uh, join people on their podcast channels and have a really fun chat. And yeah, man, I love podcasting. I love chatting. So Secret Life of a Bikini Competitor, that will be out next Wednesday. So yeah, looking forward to that. But Enough about me, Jack. What about you? How was the uh, second week of your mini cut? Yeah, mine mine was quite an action-packed week as well. So in regards to training first, so I actually decided to deload lower body uh, for this past week and keep upper body training the same. Mm -hmm. And that kind of led into the nutrition side of things as well because obviously deloading lower body, like one session was pretty much just some physio exercises the other session was like a, a bit of extra stuff, like a hack squat, RDL, but overall like significantly less volume, less intensity, and therefore less energy expenditure compared to a normal leg session. So that, that kind of influenced my body weight as well, I think, mm -hmm. even though I still lost a bunch of weight, but um, towards, the end, <laughs> towards the end of the week, it, it sort of plateaued off a bit, but we'll get into that in a bit. But yeah, so the reason why I decided to deload early was I just got a little... Uh, groin niggle that um, is apparently not not too serious it's just kind of like a tight muscle and potentially just due to some I've always had a bit of tendency to have some abductor weakness which is like the glute med um, well that's one of the abductor muscles 
And so I've just been strengthening, strengthening that, making sure that I can activate that. Because usually it's just activation, that's the issue, uh, not, not strength per se. So I've been working on that. I've noticed an improvement already. And hopefully tomorrow I'll be able to do a normal leg session, get mm -hmm. back into that. So overall, the week of training was good. My upper body still feels, feels fine. So I think I can even push it to week seven or maybe even week eight with the upper body. And from now on, I might just have to stagger the deload for upper and lower because I mean, look, if you look at it, like it doesn't really make sense that you always have to deload everything at the same time. Mm. I think CNS wise, maybe if like your total nervous system is just like you need a break and you just deload everything. But just like you would prescribe different volumes for different muscle groups, I, I would have thought that deloading at different times also makes sense. So, I mean, for me, it's the leg, the lower body seems to be like five to six weeks where it starts to get a bit uh, achy and painful and also the posterior chain in general. So my lower back and upper body, I guess it depends on the block, but maybe six to eight weeks even. Yeah, I'm honestly such a huge advocate for auto-regulation. I think so much merit should be given to auto-regulating deloads. And what's actually interesting is last week we spoke about how you were going to deload your legs, right, last week. And then this week you were considering deloading your upper body. But I guess what you actually experienced was that because you deloaded your legs and you had almost that extra recovery time for your upper body, now you don't even feel like you need to deload your upper body this week. Yeah, I, I feel fine for upper. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, I think that's the point. Yeah, that's kind of what's happened. And I'll just take it as it comes. Like, I don't know, maybe if I start to regress in some exercises this week for upper, mm -hmm. we'll see. But um maybe I'll decide to deload then, but we'll just take it as it comes. Yeah. And I think that's why it goes to show like, it's nice to have a, you know, a pretty solid plan in place. Right. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm probably likely to be able to train hard and progressively overload for this number of weeks before I require a deload. But also you don't like, sometimes guys, the plan changes, right? And sometimes you just need to modify a few things and really reassess like, okay, do I need to take a deload just because it says on my program that you're going to deload at week five? Or like, how am I actually feeling in week five? If I still feel good and I still feel strong and energetic, like, why should I take a deload? Like, push it a week back, right? So I think that's something that we're always learning too, is that, you know, auto-regulation, I think we should give a lot of merit to it. Yeah. And there's also the opposite end of the spectrum where people will give them like 16 weeks like you used to do and 16 weeks that's true i don't know man i just have really good recovery rates mm. and <laughs> they the usually say bra. those sorts of things and then it's only after they deload that they're like wow <laughs> I, I was pretty wrecked okay but look at you okay like f five or six weeks is pretty different to 16 weeks that's that's an extreme okay <laughs> <laughs> So in terms of the nutrition side of things, like obviously I'm mini cutting right now. And the first week I started off at about 94 kilos. Second week went down to 92.7 and final third week was 91.5. So about three kilos lost in total. And I'm into my third week now. So it's mm -hmm. Monday today. Yeah. So damn, I think that's pretty awesome progression so far. I don't think you could ask for too much more than that. And that's perfect, you know, in line with 1.5% of your body weight around there each week. Yeah, in the, in the about past five days, like since Thursday last week, I was 91.5. This morning, I was 91.5. So like it's gotten to that point where like I've lost, I've gone through that 
honeymoon phase, if you want to call it, where like the weight kind of just drops off due to glycogen, mm-hmm. water. And yeah, now it's, um, it's going to be a bit more slower, which of course I don't mind because I don't want to be losing 1.5 kilos every week, but would like to still stick around that probably one kilo mark. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll, if I need to lower it, I'll lower it because I'm still on like 450 carbs. So yeah. still on. And I, it, what's interesting is when I, when I hit that 91.5 for the first time, I noticed that my up until then I was quite hungry, like especially towards lunch, I was hungry. I'd go to bed a little bit hungry, not, not, not an extreme amount, like it was still very normal. But um, once I stopped having that rapid weight loss, it's almost like um, I was back to before I started dieting. Mm-hmm. Like, or I'm still looking forward to each meal, but nowhere near the severity of hunger as the rapid phase. Yeah. So that's just an interesting uh, little something I've noted. Maybe I've adapted to it. Maybe my hunger hormones have changed slightly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, we know that as you go through this, it's very normal through a dieting phase that you will experience slight metabolic adaptations. It would be interesting if you were tracking your heart rate right now, because I would imagine that your resting heart rate would have dropped quite a bit compared to when you uh, were eating significantly more food and more carbohydrates. So yeah, might need to get you like a, uh, a really nice watch for your birthday or something so we can start tracking some data. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be interesting, except it'll be too late by then, unfortunately. No, not necessarily, because your birthday will be right right before prep if everything goes ahead in 2021, so... Yeah, (laughs) I guess that's another topic we could talk about in terms of uh, when we'll be starting prep. Yeah, well, I guess nothing is necessarily set in stone. At least it's great that we've called this the road to 2021, because, you know... It's kind of, it's still a question of what's really going to happen, right? I have a lot of faith that the shows here in Queensland are definitely still going to go ahead because mm. Queensland, like, we're just very lucky, very fortunate to be here right now compared to some of the other states in Australia. So would you compete if um, the states was going to go ahead but not national? Probably not, to be honest. Like, again, a comp prep is such a huge endeavor and I don't want to go through anything again like I went through last year. You know, like I'm still so grateful that I completed the prep itself in 2020 and slash 2019 because I learned so much about myself. But man, the next time I want to compete, I want to be able to take full advantage of it. I want to be able to do three federations. I want to be do, able to do five or six shows, you know, really make the most of it if I'm going to go through a six or seventh month prep. So yeah, I think that's really going to be the big determinant for us is how's season A 2021 really going to look like if we can take full advantage of that with ICN, IFBB, going to nationals, things like that. Otherwise, maybe we will have to push it back to 2021 season B, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I think it's that's looking likely at the moment, mm-hmm. but uh, it could change even next week. Yeah. But I'm just thinking like without a vaccine, like we're just going to either stay in lockdown, we're going to go out of lockdown and then people will get sick again. We're going to get back into lockdown. Mm-hmm. The borders will open, the borders will close again. And I can't see that happening, changing unless yeah. I don't, I'm not going to talk too much about it because like there's always going to be people who... Uh, still don't even believe in coronavirus, but uh, <laughs> it's a myth, <laughs> and it's all to do with the five G towers. Oh boy, of course. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, even if coronavirus doesn't exist, it's not going to stop the everyone else from thinking it does. And yeah. Like, yeah, but I, I'm not saying I'm not a believer. I, I do believe in <laughs> coronavirus, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just 
that's just what, where my line of thinking is right now. Like mm-hmm. it's, um, unless everyone, they decide to do herd immunity where everyone gets it or just, um, isolate the people who prone to being ill. Mm-hmm. So the elderly, uh, so immunocompromised, I should say. So yeah, but enough talk about that. We'll, um, we'll obviously keep you guys updated which season. And mm-hmm. the good thing is that like I needed to do this mini cut regardless. So if I can just continue the off season after this and get back up to like 94, 95, and then do another mini cut in, in preparation for the competition preparation. Yeah. So it's, it's all going to work out anyway. And I mean, if, if we do season B and season A is canceled, then hell it's... man, more, <laughs> more time to grow, brah. Like yeah. we'll be even better. So that's yeah, the thing. And I was going to say, it's going to be a, a hectic season. Like there's going to be, Oh, it's going to be insane. Hundreds. It's going to be the biggest season ever. God, get ready for some competition, yo. But man, I love some competition. I want like some people are like, Oh, it's going to be so competitive. I'm like, hell yeah, it's going to be competitive, man. Like if there's more competitors and more people fighting, right. It makes you want to fight even harder. So Boy, I love some. Uh, I love some competition. That's awesome. But at the same time, um, I think you know, even if season A doesn't go ahead, certainly there will still be season B. And for me as well, like if season A doesn't go ahead, I'm probably still going to do about a two month cut, probably between October to you know October and November, or into early December or something like that, because I think that would be a good time for me to do to do a cut and lose a few kilograms and then enter into another gaining phase as well. So yeah, but of course we'll keep you guys updated by the week, but Jack, you know, this past week, how have you felt in terms of hunger and also training performance as well? Because, you know, losing another kilogram and a half, did that influence anything? Yeah. So I mentioned that my hunger sort of started off more aggressive than it plateaued more, just like my weight did. And it was interesting that that happened coincided with the weight plateau. So yeah, I'll have to see whether that happens again, where if I make a cut in calories and I get hungrier, does the hunger sort of even out as my weight does? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's quite interesting. And it might've coincided with metabolic adaptation potentially. Yeah. But is it, isn't it nice to feel hungrier? Cause I know that I'm just hinting to things right now, but I know that some of your meals or the way that you prepare some of your food has changed this week, but is that nice to actually be enjoying your meals now and looking forward to it? Yes, because I, I, I enjoy food, even though <laughs> despite what I might say in the improvement season, I do enjoy food and yeah. I enjoy eating eating well. And I mean, if I could eat things like veggies and lots of fruit, mm-hmm. the like all year round, I, I would love to. Well, you uh, still I mean, do. copious <laughs> amounts, sorry, copious amounts. But uh, it's just difficult when you're when one, you're not very hungry, you're very satiated 24 seven, and you have to fit in a lot of carbohydrates for mm-hmm. a specific goal. So that's, that's just you give and you take when it comes to bodybuilding. Yeah. But even like, you know, this week, even your dinners changed quite a bit. So just touch on that. Yeah. So I've switched it from kangaroo bolognese with pasta to just some baked veg with kangaroo. It's been a dramatic it has been dramatic for you dude because you've been making that kangaroo bolognese thing forever as long as well i can remember a lot of your meals and phases but it's nice to see you using the oven and having a big you know tray of roast vegetables and really just enjoying it so it makes me happy dude like finally both of us are like ah like this tastes really good (laughs) 
Because it's been a while since I've heard you make a noise while you eat, other than like, er. <laughs> no, but I mean like, oh, wow, that, that tastes, oh, man, that's nice. So it's it's good. But yeah, it's good that you've had a good week. And what about training performance as well? Obviously more for upper body, but uh, mm. did, did you notice, like, were you still able to progress in a lot of your movements, things like that? Yeah, so... Overall, I don't feel any different going into the session. Like, say when I'm warming up for bench or for any other upper body exercise, like I feel, I still feel as if I should be able to lift the same amount, and I mm-hmm. feel still feel psyched up, get a good pump. But yeah, for things like my for my starting upper body movements, like flat bench and uh, incline shoulder press seated, uh, there I've started to like I haven't improved the last two weeks in mm-hmm. those like I've hit exactly the same reps and sets and I mean overall I'm happy with that but it's interesting just that it, I think it's potentially due to just losing weight so aggressively and maybe I might start to increase once my rate of loss slows down mm-hmm. so like today will be interesting because I'm doing flat bench today and my weight's been the same for the last like three or four days so that'll be interesting. But pretty much every other upper body exercises continue to progress. Yeah. So like pulling has progressed still. And it's just more the pushing, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, half of your upper body stuff. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's um, it's damn hard. But I think the huge thing there is that when you go into training sessions, and this is especially when you're in prep, like you just can't get yourself into the mentality that you are dieting almost. Cause like some people, like we all know how important it is psychologically, right? Like if you put yourself into a bad mental state and you tell yourself like, oh, you know, I'm on lower calories, you know, or I've lost weight, you know, I just won't be as strong. Then yeah, you won't be as strong because you'll convince yourself of that. But if you can approach a training session, you know, like, hell yeah, you know, I'm feeling really good today. Like I'm, I'm going to crush this. Like that can really, really help. So just don't approach your training with a dieting mentality almost. And I think that can really help with progression. That certainly freaking helped me during my prep. Otherwise I would have been like, Oh, I'm on 150 grams of carbs. How the hell am I going to lift this? I'm like, I'm just going to lift this. So (laughs) it's, um, it's good. But I think that it it is really important that even though these past few days, your weight has started to slow down at your rate of loss. I think to just, you know, go back into this next week where you'll be training everything maximally, right? Legs and upper body, keeping your energy intake the same and really identifying like, okay, cool. Like, have I actually hit a plateau or now that my energy expenditure is increased? If you do break through probably that 91 into the high 90s, which will be exciting. Yeah, well, I think to be honest, if my rate of loss goes below one kilo, then I'll probably just lower food because mm-hmm. it's me cut. Like I, I want to keep the rate of loss at like one point one mm-hmm. to 1.25. So that's yeah. about 900 grams to about a kilo. Yeah. Well, yeah, it should be interesting this next coming week. Yep. Great. All right. Well, it's pretty much enough from us, but one thing we like to finish on, one thing we want to improve this week. So Jack, what do you want to improve? So I want to just, just be able to squat pain-free and do hack squat pain-free. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's improved. And well, I've said previously when I think when I introduced this niggle, like it wasn't really hurting during the movement. It was more after, mm-hmm. which is like, I guess, indicative of, it being tight and irritated post-training. But yeah, I hope this deload week paid off and I didn't deload for nothing. And we'll find out tomorrow. But when you go back into squats tomorrow, you know, what did you end on the week before your deload and what are you thinking about going back to tomorrow? So I ended on 150 for 
the week before the injury, I did like one set of eight, one set of seven, I think. And then I did one, two sets of six at 150 when it was a bit sore. Mm-hmm. And then I deloaded. I'll probably start at like 145 for two sets of eight or something. Playing it safe. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and I mean, that'll be similar volume to 150 for two by six. It might yeah. even be more volume. Well, yeah, it would be even more. Yeah. Definitely. So um, take that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's something worthwhile to improve on. Yeah, definitely. And what about you? Uh, I think I'm just freaking psyched, man, to finally put 52.5 kilograms on the bar this week for bench and just see how many reps I can get for those three sets. So, yeah, I'm really keen for that. It's it's taken its sweet time, but... So you're yeah. not going to start at three by eight? Oh, no, that is what I'm going to try to start off with. So I'm definitely... I'm moving from four sets down to three. And because I got 50 kilograms for three sets of 10 last week, trying to get at least eight reps for those three sets, I think that'd be awesome. But, you know, we'll just tell. I'm not, I'm not going to be super disappointed if it's like, if it's seven reps or something, but I hope it doesn't fall below six. But yeah, again, just go into it, tell myself that it's just lightweight baby and uh, push that thing up eight times. Have you ever thought about like doing a proper bench setup, like where you, you don't need to arch your back, but you like shrug your shoulder blades back, do a tiny bit of a back arch. I already like, do. Like I've noticed it's interesting because I film myself every single week doing bench and throughout my improvement season, right? Obviously my butt's gotten bigger and I've just gotten bigger because I've been gaining weight, but it's really interesting as my butt grows, I can see more and more of a gap with under my back like during the end of my uh during the end of my prep like i still had glutes man but they certainly weren't as peachy as they are now like my back almost looked like it was flat on the bench but now there is that nice little gap you can shove your hand under there man and go like woohoo hello (laughs) please don't do that to me while i'm benching i will crush you But, You'll probably crush yourself. Dude, people who distract me when I bench, man. Like, because they're doing renovations. Well, they're almost done now at World's Gym Brisbane. But this was like two or three weeks ago or something. And I was benching and they were like, they're removing and replacing all the flooring and all the mats. And these dudes were right next to me, like pulling out flooring. It was making my feet shake while I was in the middle of a bench. And I just wanted to re-rack and scream at like, do you have no respect? Like, can't you see I'm trying to bench right now? Uh, but yeah, man, just pay people respect. Like if they're, if they're lifting, you know, be respectful around them. Don't be that person who's like, you know, if someone's squatting, right? Don't try like squeeze beside their bar so you can grab like a 2.5 kilogram plate, like just freaking weight. Okay. Because if this person's squatting a hell of a lot of weight, they probably have a hell of a lot of muscle and they can probably throw a heavy punch. Okay. So <laughs> Just, yeah, have some respect in the gym. Just saying. But anyway, that's my goal. That's why I want to improve this week. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, guys, that's probably the end of our 17th episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you did enjoy it, remember, please take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories. Tag Jack, tag yourself, tag the bodybuilding dietitians, and we'll catch you next week.